This is an AMI podcast. I'm Dave Brown, and this is a podcast version of AMI's Morning Show, now with Dave Brown. Catch the live broadcasts weekdays from 9 to 11 a.m. Eastern on AMI-audio and AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI-audio and AMI-tv. You know we enjoy talking about food on this show. You know we enjoy talking about art on this show. In fact, in the very next segment, Amy Amanti will be telling you all about some theater happenings around Vancouver. So it's safe to say we love food and art. And we know those two things blend together. For example, Subway calls their employees sandwich artists. When you study to become a chef, you study culinary arts. So I would say it's fair to argue that food and art intersect. Well, let's hear what community artist Clover Thursday has to say about this. Hey, good morning, Clover. Hello. Oh, uh, okay, we, it's Clover, we had you on mute there for a second, but we definitely have you back in the mix. Nice to be chatting with you again. So let's dive right in. Do you feel there are similarities between the process of creating art and the process of making food? Honestly, absolutely. Someone who's like, you know, I, I cook in my spare time and whatnot. It's like, it, it feels like it fires off the same parts of the brain like it's all like a process and like sometimes it goes right sometimes it goes well and you're just kind of going through the process and creating something whether it's something to look at or experience or something to taste and experience so yeah one of the things that we talk about with art is that it can stimulate so many senses and it's the same thing with food and we know that when it comes to art, there's the expression of, say, throwing paint at the wall or throwing paint at the canvas. And sometimes in food, it's throwing spices in the bowl or spices in the sauce. So would you say that when it comes for you to spend some time in the kitchen, do you get experimental? I absolutely do to the point where it's just like I might have found a recipe before and then just completely riffed on it or just been like, you know, what happens if I like add this going on or if I kind of try and go for this kind of flavor or what if, you know, what if I just use a different um, ingredient that, you know, usually wouldn't be in there. I find it really fun to experiment. Um, and I feel like with cooking, it's a lot kind of forgiving. Like, you know, if you kind of mess up on a little, couple of things, it's, it's not a big deal. Um, as long as, you know, I remember there was one time I, I could definitely confuse like sugar for salt though. And that was, wasn't great, but like, you know, like, it's all right. Yeah. As we would say, those might be a low vision moments inside the kitchen. Uh, Clover, we've talked before in the way that you make art. Sometimes you're going to experiment with some adaptive tools to maybe ease the process when it comes to, uh, dealing with some of the issues associated with low vision or blindness when it comes to making art. What about as you're diving into more recipes? Are you trying some new adaptive tools in the kitchen? Me, personally, I haven't dived too, too much into it, but kind of along my sort of, I suppose, journey, I, I'll call it, um, I, I do find myself, like, looking into, like, okay, like, maybe I want a talking thermometer so I just don't, like, kill everyone by undercooking chicken or something, you know, just, like, those little things that, like, um, I think it would just be like really helpful and you can find a lot of those things I've noticed like like on Amazon or just like these little tools that will just kind of help make the process easier. A lot of like talking timers and talking thermometers or something I'm really interested in. 
Uh, but there's a ton of other things that would suit like other people's needs. Yeah, we've had a couple of our contributors on the show talk about some of the kitchen gear they've bought over the years that isn't even necessarily labeled as an adaptive tool. I think it was uh, one of our contributors, Becky Czar in Regina, who was talking about how she's finding the oven these days to be particularly daunting just because there's so many touchscreens, there's so many buttons, there's too many options, but she has started really messing around with an air fryer that has a lot of tactical yes. buttons to it. <laughs> what about some of those, uh, I, I will call them kitchen accessories as opposed to tools. Have you been dipping into that at all to try some new stuff? Oh my gosh, absolutely. Um, I've, I've loved my rice cooker for ages and I love it even more because I just realized just the amount of like things you can do with it. Like, <laughs> um, it's like you could cook sauces, soup, pastas. And like, if you can get a fancier one, it's got all these like settings that you can just make so many things with. Um, and I know my folks have an air fryer and when I was staying with them, I was just air frying everything. <laughs> like, I, cause it's, it makes it fun. Like, you know. Yeah, that's the that's the addiction that I think comes up. As soon as someone gets the air fryer, they just don't stop air frying things. Everything must go into the air fryer. Uh, Clover, yes. let's let's jump out of our own kitchens. Let's jump into maybe more professionalized settings, restaurants. Have you met some chefs who really sweat the presentation of the food? Maybe they see the plate as a board or a canvas for some arts? Absolutely. I, funnily enough, uh, earlier on in my life, I actually used to work in hospitality and I worked in a, a kind of um, more fancier, um, like higher class Italian restaurant. And I made a lot of friends with the chefs who have as much passion as any artist could, even maybe even more with the amount of hours we were working. And uh, absolutely, it was so much about presentation. I remember I was helping the pasta chef and it was like every every piece of like pasta we made like had presentation to it from even the start of it being prepared to when it hit the like the board and the plate and making sure that was like that presentation would make you know the the customer go wow you know like I'm paying a lot for this plate, so it's really nice that it looks beautiful and looks delicious. So, yeah, it's like I can absolutely see the similarities. Like, it's, it's almost like spooky how similar it is, like a chef's mind and an artist's mind can be. Along those lines, because there are so many chefs, and especially when you start going to really high-end places, they really sweat the presentation, right? The drizzle has to be just right or the swirl needs to be just perfect. Does good-looking food taste better? In other words, where would you rank visual aesthetic and how you might evaluate food? You know, it's funny. It's definitely like that idea has like changed over the years since my site's been changing. But I mean, I definitely like how, when my food looks nice, like or like even it's just on a nice plate. I find I'm really <laughs> noticing how like different dishware recently. I don't know why, but like <laughs> I love like the different like containers and creative ways people are like displaying food um but yeah like i think in a sense like we like we eat with our eyes first or even our noses and heck even our ears like with the ambiance so mm -hmm. i think like that whole experience does make the food taste better <laughs> putting taste aside I'm going to rank smell number one. If something smells good, I'm going to pounce on it. But, yeah. <laughs> but I don't I don't want to sleep on, on the notion of where hearing comes in to eating food. Because when you hear a plate of fajitas going by, sorry, I know I'm going like super white trash with this. But like <laughs> when you hear when you hear a plate of fajitas zooming by you at a restaurant and you hear the sizzle, the yeah. come on, put those feet, put those fajitas in my mouth. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
<laughs> and it's like, you know, it's like, oh, it's a calm, chill time. It's yeah. great. Yeah. Instead of like some couple fighting over like at the next table, it's like it'll change your dining experience. <laughs> no, no, I never, I never, I never kvetch openly when I'm at a restaurant with, with, with people that I'm with. Uh, Clover, cooking's one thing. Where do you stand on baking? Oh, oh, baking. Uh, baking is like the final frontier for me. Like, <laughs> like I, I, I think it's so cool, but like it has a kind of precision that like I think it just takes practice. Um, and I, it's something I would love to get more into. Like I, I think the most I've done is like box cakes and stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm the same way. I'm not precise enough. I'm not precise enough when it comes to my time in the kitchen that baking really works for me. That said, from an artistic point of view, it seems like once you master the act of the actual baking, the canvas is really broad in terms of decorating things. Uh, Again, I'm coming back to it from one of our contributors, uh, Shiny Saravanamuthu. On her Instagram, she's always baking cakes or cookies or muffins or cupcakes, and she decorates the heck out of those things. Like, those are pieces of art when Shiny does some baking. Absolutely. And it's funny, I've I've actually met Shiny. She's wonderful. Um, And, yeah, I've seen her baking and her, like, confectionary artistry really yeah. and it, it always blows my mind like I think cake decorators um are like an art form like I always super super admired like I can barely bake a cake and like put icing on it and suddenly like people are like creating these amazing like literal works of art and just... <laughs> well I'm jealous that you've gotten to meet shiny in person I haven't got a chance to meet shiny yet it's on it's on my list of things to do here in the uh, in this coming in this coming year uh Clover let's uh, finish up here and I'm going to start with a confession there's something that I love that I have no idea how to make, and that's curry. And I know curry is like one of the easiest things in the world to make, but I find it overwhelming, and I've not had a chance to make it yet, or at least make it in any kind of way that was tasty. What's a dish that you really want to try your hand at on the cooking front? What I want to do is I want to like host like a hot pot for my friends. That's one thing I really want to do. And like I've just been looking online of just like, oh yeah, you could use like a rice cooker as like your hot pot thing. Like I'm like, oh, like that'd be so cool to you do. So like I would love to be able to like have that all set up and like get a good broth going and everything mm. and like all the things and just like enjoy the process with like a bunch of friends and whatnot. I also still need a tape like a proper table in my apartment though. So like I've got a lot of. <laughs> steps before that, that happens. Yeah, Clover, I'm uh, right with you. There is no uh, proper table in my apartment either. I eat over the sink like a rat. Uh, Clover, <laughs> we got to get out of here. Have yourself a great day. You too. You've been listening to Now with Dave Brown. Hit the subscribe button on any podcast platform and leave us a rating and a review. Hi, I'm Ramia Amuthan. Join me weekly for AMI Audiobook Review, the podcast that explores new titles, introduces us to famous narrators, and updates what's hot at the Center for Equitable Library Access. Download episodes of AMI Audiobook Review from your favorite podcast provider.